Welcome everyone to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing well. Uh, I think the free agency frenzy has been something, I don't know, I really get excited like this time of the offseason. And it while it does re like reemphasize the fact that the NFL season like is really never over. There's always something going on, even though it's like, you know, the middle of friggin March. But still, I mean, it makes it exciting. It, it makes you think about like what could potentially happen once the league kicks off again in about six months or so. So now I'm excited to be able to talk with you guys again. Jen, how you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I miss both of your faces. It's been a minute or 10. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to be here and uh, talk whatever. I mean, there's plenty to chat about everything yeah even though brandon is under the weather so that's sad Ooh. but he's <laughs> yeah, a pro as always he'll rock it out i'll try not to sneeze and cough too much into the mic uh i will say uh this is the the only downside of this time of year is it's when my phone like goes up 300 percent in usage so i always get like that notification that's like your usage this week went up this much or something like yeah. that it's always just me just refreshing twitter every two seconds so <laughs> uh that's what i did all day today but it's 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 good to see both of you i missed you both very much we uh we actually took a bit of an off season we didn't uh do a whole lot we had a fun mock draft together but outside of that i haven't really gotten to speak with either of you at least not face to face so missed you both and i'm excited to see you today we're going to talk uh, free agency, right? We've got some signings. We've got some verge of signings, some verge of trades, some things that have happened already, some things that are yet to happen. I want to kind of touch on, uh, first off, the players who aren't going to move teams, those that were tagged. Uh, I don't really want to get too deep into them, but Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, all were tagged. Uh, not really likely that they're going to move anywhere. And then Geno Smith and Daniel Jones both got new contracts. Uh, they're not going to go anywhere. So I that Giants offense isn't going to look as different as we thought. Geno Smith comes back to Seattle. I do want to ask you, Chris, uh, Tony Pollard coming back to Dallas. There's been rumors of Zeke Elliott leaving. Do you think that uh, Dallas minus Zeke equals Tony the way people want? Or do you think they're going to find someone else to fill in those kind of early downs and keep Pollard's usage about what it's been? I, I think they'll probably wind up finding somebody to fill in some of that. I would say... Uh, let's say like short yardage, third downish, uh, pass blocking type role that they've left Zeke in to fill. But from an opportunity standpoint, Tony Pollard should be the main guy on early downs, passing downs, red zone usage, and all of that, which would make him a top twelve running back. I would say at the least from from an opportunity standpoint. But my only concern is with Mike McCarthy's uh, comments over the past couple of weeks, saying they just want to run the dang ball and let the defense do all the work and you know, all those conservative things that we'd hope the Cowboys wouldn't get to at some point. I mean, do we see the offense as a whole take a step back efficiency wise so that while Tony Pollard might be this running back that we're all eager to draft in the first couple of rounds because we've seen him be so efficient and be so effective as a runner. We've seen like the, the breakaway runs, uh, him breaking tackles and also being used in the passing game. We've seen all that usage, but that's when the offense has been clicking. It's when the offense has been top 12 in EPA per play and things along that line. But if the play calling shifts because now it's McCarthy running the show, Kellen Moore now in Los Angeles with Brandon Staley, does the offense take a step back? So they're all really empty, like uh, like empty calorie touches. Essentially, what Zeke was getting, 
right? Like over the past couple of seasons. So that's, that's my biggest concern is that while we've been hoping and pining away for Pollard to become that uh, main back, is he going to become the main back for a team that just isn't going to be as efficient as they were in years past? Yeah, maybe eking out more of those like 17, 13 victories and things like that, which aren't good for fantasy. Jen, uh, I want to quickly touch on the Giants because Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley will be back. They did cut Kenny Galladay, which isn't really going to affect anything since he didn't play much last year. But uh, this offense in year two under Brian Dable, who uh, I would say had a nice successful first year in New York. uh, Do you think there's new heights that this team, since they're going to kind of run it back, can reach? Or do you um, are you kind of expecting same old thing from last year out of these two? Well, I mean, those two probably same old thing, but I think the receivers, they definitely had room to grow, right? I mean, with Kelly gone and, you know, Wandale Robinson was kind of in and out and didn't, I don't think reached, you know, what we all thought could happen there. So, um, you know, I think they're, I think they have, yeah, like I said, they have room to grow. I mean, their wide receiver room uh, was kind of random, right? I mean, we ended up with Isaiah Hodgins and, and other players that actually stepped up, but um uh, you know, last year we all kind of eh, everyone stayed away from them in the fantasy world uh, coming in, you know, and so I feel like this year it'll be a little different. I think I don't know about like targeting them early or anything, but I don't think people will be as squeamish when clicking the button um, for those guys, knowing that, you know, Jones played well last year under Dable. And I think that, you know, Saquon, people were concerned about the injury, uh, him coming back. And, you know, he showed he's back as well. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins, Oregon State Beaver, Isaiah Hodgins. Very excited. Uh, all the guy, that. That's awesome. all the guy does is catch touchdowns. I love yeah. this kid. Uh, let's let's talk quickly about Lamar Jackson, who was also franchise tagged. Uh, it's an interesting tag because they did the non-exclusive tag, which means that, uh, in layman's terms, someone can sign him, and the Ravens can either match or receive two first-round picks. Now, typically, that tag is uh something that other teams aren't going to mess with because they don't want to give up first two first round picks for pretty much anybody in the league right but a franchise tag on lamar jackson lamar jackson might be worth two first round picks we're talking about a former mvp he is coming off two uh injury marred seasons but he's still pretty young and looking to get paid this year uh chris lamar jackson uh do you expect to see him suited up in baltimore or do you think somebody might take that plunge no, I don't expect to see him in Baltimore. And that's not not me as a Bengals fan saying they I'd be more than happy to see <laughs> a former MVP in Lamar Jackson wind up like being shipped off somewhere else, either in the conference or if he winds up flipping sides to the NFC. I'd be completely cool with that, you know, being up near Cincinnati and that's fine. But just with the way that everything's gone down over the past year to two years, like when the first discussions over Lamar Jackson extension were coming were coming up. And then now to this past, uh, you know, just this past like four or five months or even before the season even started and the contract extension talks were tabled. And now to this, I get why Baltimore did what they did in terms of uh, giving him the non-exclusive or, yeah, the non-exclusive tag and going that route because essentially it's allowing Lamar Jackson to see like what the market is and seeing what the what the value is going to be. And if another owner... Uh, is going to take that plunge in terms of providing him the guaranteed deal that he wants. And frankly, in in my personal opinion, Chris Allen's opinion, uh, he does deserve to get that guaranteed contract. But on the flip side, how does this look for the rest of the league and also the precedence that Lamar Jackson is going to set for the other quarterbacks that are currently, not even the ones that are currently negotiating their extensions right now, the, the Joe Burrows of the world and those folks, but what about the people coming up behind him? So I, I, 
I do think that it's it'd be easier for Lamar and for the Ravens to quite honestly to to move on from him at least from from a personal from a personal standpoint, right? They've uh, they've the way that they've operated in the past, it does seem like this would be kind of a bridge too far for them because they've always been one of those franchises that have been more on the you know we, we do things by the book, play things analytically. A build to the draft, like that sort of thing. So I, I, compl- I understand their position in wanting to move on this way, but I mean, they they should have seen this coming right after he won the MVP. To be quite honest, and the, his style of football kind of lent itself to the way that they built their franchise. And frankly, I, I mean, how else are they supposed to move forward with this? I mean, they're supposed to just get a prototypical pocket passer, uh, like any of the guys in the draft, or maybe even one of the prospects coming up in twenty uh, in the next year's draft, in order to kind of keep this thing going. I don't know, but it'd be hard. I'm hard pressed to believe with the way things are going on that Lamar continues to be a Raven with at least with the way things are looking right now. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You just don't see those franchise quarterbacks move very frequently. And I think we've only seen one franchise tag player actually switch teams. Uh, I think it was Sean Gilbert, the big defensive tackle back in the nineties uh, mm. when free agency was still pretty new. I think that's yeah. the only time we've seen somebody tagged and then moved uh, with the two first round picks. Now we've seen players tagged, tag rescinded and then a trade worked out we've seen things like that happen but yeah uh, Kirk Cousins I mean he was tagged twice and then he moved on yeah Mm -hmm. things like that but a little bit different uh Jen let's switch over to uh Aaron Rodgers a little bit so as of this podcast the deal is not done but uh all indications are that he's going to be a New York Jet uh I think they're probably just haggling over compensation it's possible that Aaron Rodgers is securing a new dark box in uh, New York to make sure that that's there and ready for him if he needs another so darkness weird. retreat. It's he's it's a, it's a, he's a vibe. He's a vibe. Aaron Rodgers is a vibe. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jen, tell me what that means for the New York Jets and the those weapons there for you. I'm exhausted uh, to be honest with you already, <laughs> and it hasn't even happened. Like, okay, so earlier today, right? Trey Wingo's like, oh, it's almost done. And then I was watching NFL Network and they're like, everyone on there was like, no, like they're not even talking right now. There's no, I don't know. So, I mean, I guess we're all to assume it's it's, it's pretty much a done deal, but I, f- I honestly wouldn't put it past it not happening at this point. Like, I just feel like, I guess I'm having some, some PTSD from last year with the Broncos. Like, you know. It was, oh, sure, yeah. It was this whole thing and then it didn't happen. Um, But I mean, obviously, I mean, when you're looking at Zach Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers, even with, you know, the season he had last year and whatnot, it's an improvement for those guys. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. I mean, I can't see, I mean, I can't see it not. I I would like to think that Aaron Rodgers would be, you know, somewhat rejuvenated in a new place, but I mean, New York's not an easy place, right? With the media and all that. Not that he's not used to media scrutiny. He's been doing it his whole career, but. I don't know. I mean, we saw Brett Favre do the same thing, right? And and it just, I don't know. I, I mean, fantasy wise, I'm not. I don't know that I'll be rushing out to draft Aaron Rodgers um, himself. But I think the receivers are are fine for where they are. I mean, they can really only go up from, you know, what they dealt with last year with the combination of Zach Wilson and Mike White and Joe Flacco at one point. Yeah, right? Joe Flacco I mean, too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I have Aaron Rodgers fatigue already. I'm sure everybody does, but I just feel like, I don't know. Like you said, like the vibe, all of it, like I'm just completely turned off from the whole thing, you know? And of course, you know, we've talked in the past every season about, you know, Aaron Rodgers having sex versus Aaron Rodgers not having sex. I was going to ask that about New York. Like that's a, that's a different city. Like, is that going to be an event? 
I don't know his relationship status. Is he still dating that witch person? I, I don't oh, know yeah. If, I forgot about that. Is that still happening? So I, I don't know. Um, usually up. when he is in a relationship and he's having regular sex, he has a down year. So I don't know. Um, I haven't done the research in a few seasons. I might need to get back up on that before. Uh, I think he... that I think this is the key study that we're missing so far. The, and I haven't looked season. into it in a while. So yeah. maybe that's uh, I'm, I'm that's Googling it right now. Yeah. And the New York dating scene is a, it's a beast. It's something. So I'm you sure know, it's a little better than the Green Bay scene. Right. I, mean, I would think no, no offense. No offense to our friends in Wisconsin, right. of course. No offense right. to the ladies of Green Bay, but um but just sheer just, quantity of people. Yes, right. Yes. Uh, the volumes, it, it the volumes in, in Manhattan and, and the outskirts, the, the other boroughs, I'm sure are um, you know, he but but then again, like he's super weird right now. So I don't even know like who's I don't know. I don't know what pool he's fishing in when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> As of anyway, January, him and Blue, they're still together. Okay. Him and Blue. Blue. Okay. Okay. So, you know, based on that, I'm I'm predicting a down year then okay. um, for those guys. So yeah, don't draft them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. I can't wait for the Jets to sign a tight end and for me to get really excited about it and then for the tight end to just stink. I can't wait for that. That's that's bound to that's, happen. Uh, that's been, you know, that's been a thing in recent years, unfortunately. And then to be honest, like, you know, the last couple of years, even in Green Bay, like we had a little bit of Robert Tunyon success, but then we kind of didn't. And yeah, so, he was disappointing last year. So. Yeah, he really, really was. And then, um, you know, not since, you know, the old days, we really haven't seen a lot of good tight end success with Aaron Rodgers. So. So on the flip side, Chris, let's assume Aaron Rodgers does not suit up for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Jordan Love, presumably it's Jordan Love time at that point. What does that do to you as far as how you're addressing the Green Bay skill position players? Pretty much the same way that I would uh, if Aaron Rodgers was still there. And this is not from a, uh, like, it. Aaron Jones, still a, like, premier, like, you know, running back. Let's on the top 12 cusp of top 12 like somewhere in there since he's getting a little bit older uh same thing for uh like the the pass catchers as well i mean while we're high on christian watson right now we do know that there is some i won't say flukiness is probably the wrong word to say but just say that there's some volatility to his game considering a lot of his passes or a lot of his uh catches or whatever were more downfield targets so that might change like in 2023 regardless of who the quarterback is going to be and a step back in offensive efficiency like jen was just talking about i mean if aaron Rodgers has still been there and his dating situation continued to be the same he might have been a, you know the the team might have stepped back in offensive efficiency anywhere from a yards per drive or epa per play standpoint so all of those things to say that i would still rank or slash value like most of the pass catchers in the, in the same vein. I mean, we were going to be taking kind of a leap of faith, faith on most of them anyway. I mean, Christian Watson came on towards the back end of last season. Romeo Dobbs was in and out like throughout most of the season. Robert Tunyon was essentially a zero. So it's like outside, like outside of Aaron Jones, like who are we really like, clamoring uh on the like uh in the best ball lobbies known to draft from the packers and that's even with rogers there so if jordan love comes in there i mean for the short stint that we saw him last season he looked fairly uh, decent at least as a pocket passer we do know that from a scrambling standpoint i mean from a mobility standpoint that that's still there so could he still make up for a little bit of the 
uh, passing yardage, uh, at least from an offensive efficiency standpoint, by being able to scramble for a few first downs here and there to keep the chains moving? I think so. I mean, while I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily categorize uh, Love as a you know back-to-back uh, you know MVP winner, but for one season, can they cobble together enough yardage or enough uh, enough wins in order to at least be competitive in the NFC North? I think it's possible. So it's just well, I know we're basing everything off of a small sample size, but overall, I think Jordan Love has shown these is somewhat capable of taking over the job. So, like I said. It doesn't really change much for me, like from a from a fantasy standpoint, how I'm looking at the offensive weapons for for the Packers. It just might be a slight tick down, even though my guess is everybody's going to overreact and then make possibly make some of them become a value in drafts. I have a prediction for you, Chris. This is my prediction. My prediction is that Jordan Love is a frequent, extremely frequent visitor to your streamer of the week. Yeah, category. that's that's, that's what I one hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna land right in that like almost worth rostering every week, but yeah. not quite. And so, stay roster usage gonna be low enough, and that's I feel like he's gonna be a great streaming. But option. after, I, but honestly, I would almost think that after, let's say, like one game, probably like one game against the Lions or something like that, uh, since they're trying to retool their defense, it'll be one game after the Lions. Everybody's like, "Yep, we knew it. Love the man. <laughs> Just put him in, set it, and forget it." It's over yeah. after that. It's the new, it's the new, the new franchise. That's how yeah. it's going to work. Uh, Jen, let's go to uh, another quarterback who definitely switched teams. We know this for sure. Jimmy Garoppolo is now a Las Vegas Raider. Uh, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo is the only quarterback under contract for the Raiders because Jarrett Stidham signed with Denver, uh, and we all know Derek Carr is a Saint. Um, Jimmy G with the Raiders, how does that make you feel? I mean, Jimmy G, I think is, I think we can agree is going to continue to be like a fringe fantasy option in one quarterback leagues but how does that make you feel about Devonte adams darren waller the other options in that offense i think he's i think he'll be fine i mean you know he's he's serviceable right i mean i wouldn't be like running to the boards to draft him um i think that you know Devonte adams Devonte adams and as long as someone can you know get him the ball in the vicinity i think he'll be fine uh darren waller you know last year was a little bit of a struggle so we'll see if he can bounce back but I mean, Jimmy G is set up, right, to at least succeed. You know, you've got Adams, you've got Renfro, you've got Waller, and you have Josh Jacobs back now. So I feel like, you know, Jimmy G is fine. I mean, I don't think, you know, I think he's a fine bridge. I mean, I would assume the Raiders are going to use one of their um, higher draft picks and draft somebody else. Um, you know, that's what I would think. But, you know, and have Jimmy G kind of be the bridge and, and be there until the whoever it is is ready to develop. I can't imagine they're you know, counting on Jimmy G to be their franchise guy for five years. So uh, I don't know what his contract even was three years or I, I can't remember, but the contract, the way it's structured, the way it looks to me is like a, a one with options is what it looks oh, like. Gotcha. So okay. the, the way the NFL works, like money typically is the first year is guaranteed. The signing bonus is guaranteed. And then everything else is all bets are off. So this one looks structured in a way that they're not going to eat a lot if they want to get out of it after a year. Yeah. I mean, so. I would think that, you know, their plan is to draft a young guy to develop, but I think out of kind of who's out there, I, I like the move. I mean, you know, you're looking at, you know, Baker, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, you know, the, I feel like he's at least, you know, of course, there's also the durability issue, right? I mean, he's missed Certainly. a lot of games. So that is a concern if you're drafting, you know, in best ball. I certainly wouldn't um, roll in there with him as your QB1 because uh, he may not make it very far. 
and I don't know that I would count on him in redraft either. But I think it's a QB2 for best ball and whatnot. Um, you know, he has the weaponry to make it happen, and I think he's decent enough to, you know, be able to, you know, get production out of those guys. Sure. Uh, interesting thing, the Raiders picked seventh. I kind of wonder if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo signing was uh, kind of knowing that the four main quarterbacks may not be there on the board at seven i mean we might we might see them drop it's very possible but carolina houston arizona indianapolis seattle those are all potential quarterback spots and somebody could leap up as well so yeah uh, i mean they may point with that move they may now wait for a day two you know yeah. guy. Uh, hendon uh, hooker seems like a yeah, good fit I mean, there somebody who know. needs is going to need a year so yeah uh yeah. to get to get his body right very interesting uh I, I love Aaron Rodgers, by the way, that there's rumor that he's going to try to recruit Devontae Adams wherever he goes. That Devontae Adams is under, is under contract. Like he just signed a huge, yeah. huge deal. Like they, they can't trade him. They're going to eat so much money in that trade. I just, yeah. I he's over that it too. he has the yeah. fatigue as well because he yeah. tweeted out, leave me alone. Like yeah. he's, he's over it. <laughs> yeah. I want to put that to bed. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to the team that Jimmy Garoppolo just left. Chris, um, what? How are you approaching San Francisco? They signed Sam Darnold, which obviously is insurance uh, in case Brock Purdy and Trey Lance both can't go. Uh, as you're approaching early best ball leagues, how are you approaching the San Francisco quarterback situation? Just stay away from the San Francisco quarterbacks and just, draft, and just draft all the rest of the guys. Because with the way that Sam Darnold has played, not in the during the Jets days, but even during his early parts of the Carolina phases, where it looked like for a time he could be at least a functional quarterback like we saw him scramble for a few touchdowns i think he wound up in my streaming column a couple of times because he was a decent scrambler they were actually using him on some designed attempts as well i mean roll into the i think he literally rolled into the end zone one time because he slipped <laughs> fell and then like he rolled into the end zone too on top of that so it's like he could produce like if put in the right situation like we had dj moore had christian mccaffrey even I think Robbie Anderson was still there. Yep. So it's just like he had the weapons around him in order to succeed. And then he did so he could execute the offense as it was designed. And what other offense within the entirety of the NFL is predicated on providing a quarterback with the right system in order to succeed on a day in and day out basis that essentially took literally the last pick in the last year's draft and turned him into a more or less a franchise quarterback. And that's Kyle Shanahan's system. And I know with, I mean, Christian McCaffrey getting a year older, uh, George Kittle getting a year older. I mean, the durability about each of their, at least two of their key weapons might become an issue. But as of right now, I would still just rather draft the pass catchers. I'd still drafting Christian McCaffrey in the first round, George Kittle in the first like three to four ish rounds. At least I'm guessing that's where his ADP is at. Brandon Ayuk, I mean, D was, I mean, of course, like all those guys I would still target. But from a QB2 standpoint, it's just easier for me to look at the other options because looking at or trying to bank on spike weeks from Sam Darnold or just they're just too hard. I mean, one, the peaks and valleys aren't going to be enough in order to justify his cost. I'd rather look at the other quarterbacks. The quarterback twos actually do have those potentials for spike weeks. So while I'm not always going to be targeting the 49ers, I'll still look at that. I'll look at their pass catchers or their weapons as I typically would. And then I'll just stay away from Sam Darnold to be quite honest. Yeah, it uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, Jen, that's all as far as players that we know have signed at this point. I do want to ask you a question. There's a lot of quarterbacks, uh, quarterback needy teams out there. There's a lot of teams that you could see going after somebody. Uh, there's rumors of Baker Mayfield having uh, drawing interest in the Bucks. Uh, the only quarterbacks I see with like a potential to start 
is Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, and Gardner Minshew. Uh, is there a landing spot for any of those guys that makes you interested in them or um, a, or a team that you're more interested in their weapons if they land one of those guys, or is it is it no story? Not really. I mean, I think they're all – I mean, right now, I know at least Baker and and Brissett are all are both kind of rumored to uh, be Tampa Bay, you know, prospects. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay has, you know, they have talent, so it's not, it's not that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's not that I wouldn't target those guys. I just, I think with Baker at this point, like I, I don't know, I just can't. I can't put any trust in that um, from a fantasy perspective. Now from a streaming situation, if he does end up somewhere and can prove, you know, proves that, that he is the Baker that we've seen play well and not the other, you know, then possibly I would go from a streaming point of view, but I don't think I would invest uh, fantasy wise in any of those guys. I mean, Jacoby Brissett wasn't bad last year, right? I mean, he, I think he had two thousand over 2000 yards and 12 touchdowns in those 11 games uh, for good. the Browns. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I mean, both of those guys right now, Baker and, and Brissett are like last round. They're both, uh, their ADP is over like two thirty and, and over, you know, and, and for both those guys. So, you know, I think either of them are, like I said about uh, Jimmy G, I think both of them would be a bridge wherever they would go. So, um, you know, for next year, Last round, QB3, maybe, but uh, nothing more than that for me. Yeah, and I just want to add in Dynasty Superflex Leagues. Like, it's a good time to grab Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield. Uh, any one of those could, guys could sign in Arizona and be um, some insurance for Kyler Murray or sign in Tampa or something along those lines. So if you're in a Dynasty Superflex uh, specific league where all the starting quarterbacks are always going to be rostered. Uh, grab a hold of one of those guys. They might land in a good spot, might fetch you a draft pick in midseason if you want to make some sort of a trade with a needy team. Uh, let's go into running backs. Uh, we haven't had a running back sign yet at this point, but there's some interesting storylines, some interesting free agents. The first thing I want to talk about, uh, Chris, it sounds like Miles Sanders will be moving on from the Eagles. Uh, it sounds like the Eagles are going to have a lot of turnover this year, but they have a lot of youth and talent behind them. One of those young, talented players that people are excited about is Kenneth Gainwell, uh, the former Memphis kind of do-it-all-back. Showed some promise in the playoffs, uh, had a few little stints during the regular season, but really came on in the playoffs. Uh, Do you think if and when Miles Sanders moves on, how interested are you in Kenny Gainwell, and do you think he can be uh, have a much bigger role like he did in the playoffs? I'm mildly interested. I I do wonder about his between the tackles ability. I don't think he showed at least enough efficiency or like his success rate wasn't nearly uh, wasn't as good as Miles Sanders. Uh, yards after contact, like per attempt, like the just the basic you know rushing metrics that would go along with uh, as compared to Miles Sanders this past season. So I think the general reaction will be that Miles Sanders out. Uh, Gainwell is going to be essentially carrying the mail alongside Jalen Hurts. So we'll, 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 and everybody liked Gainwell coming out of college. So now we'll essentially like overpay like for, for that opportunity. And wherever Miles Sanders was being drafted last year, what was it like seventh, eighth round? Most folks will probably then boost him into like the fifth or sixth round just from the name value. And I don't know if that's right, the right way to approach it. Because again, if we do have some concerns about, Gainwell as as a rusher. I mean, if that if there was a chance that he was going to overtake Sanders, like in the in the running back pecking order, that would have happened already. It didn't. 
I mean, he was fine. I mean, he was serviceable as a, as a receiver, but they still felt the need to also continue to bring uh, Boston Scott along like as, as well. So it's like, again, he's a do it all back. And I think that's fine. It looks like, it seems like he does a lot of things well, but nothing really at an, an elite level. So I would be just, I would not be surprised if they let Miles Sanders walk. Kenneth Gainwell is this like the de facto starter, but then they, draft uh draft a running back let's say even with a late day two day three pick in order to pair with him something along those lines because they've had at least you know two let's see two functional i, I wouldn't say starters but at least complementary backs for as long as i can remember like whether it's been uh cory clement like sitting uh sitting on the roster uh I mean, insert name here that like, it's been a part of the that's been a part of their dna for quite some time and now that they are primarily a rushing team at this point I don't see why they would change that. So I'm not, I've heard the whole, like they might potentially land Bijan or something like that. I don't think that's that's the rumor. Yeah. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, but we'll see here within the next month or so, like at the draft itself, but at the very least, even if Miles Sanders does walk and Kenneth Gainwell does become like the next man up, my assumption is that they'll add somebody in the draft, like of note, like given the draft capital, because it's not like Kenneth, they, uh, they actually used a ton of uh, capital on Gainwell himself to, mm-hmm. I mean, to begin with. So, I mean, that's I another thing three, that we'll I have think. to consider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Bijan Robinson, that of course would blow everything out of the water. Oh, that would change everything. <laughs> Wherever yeah. he lands is going to blow everything we say out of the water. It's just because uh, there's kind of like when we talked last year, it seemed like, um, it seems like there's not a team that's an obvious, this is the best team for Bajan Robinson to go where there's absolutely nothing, you know? Um, Jen, let's talk about Miles Sanders specifically. Uh, where's a good spot for him to land? Where would you be more interested in him? I have two spots for Miles Sanders. Uh, number one spot is our Miami Dolphins. Ah, yeah. I would love to see Miles Sanders in there. Uh, you know, both both the top guys from last year are free agents, so they may have a very empty running back room down there in Miami, and that's what they've been, you know, that's really one of the missing pieces, right? And then we saw uh, we saw them shore up their corner uh, situation yesterday, which was fantastic, uh, or I guess on – what was that? What, what day was that? Yeah, I I, it's all been a blur, but yeah, it's trading for Jalen Ramsey is amazing. But so. yes, they got Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> and then they have obviously uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle there. Um, Jalen Ramsey, one of my favorite players. The um, He uh, channeled Drake when they asked him, uh, who's on his Mount Rushmore of cornerbacks. And he said, it's just him with four different facial <laughs> expressions. Uh, so my favorite response a football player that's has ever awesome. given to a question. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. No, but you know, I think that's kind of one of the things, I mean, we know Mike McDaniel is a running back guy and hasn't uh, had that yet. I mean, you know, he's attempted a couple different guys in there, but so I think Miles Sanders, you know, would be interesting there. Um, the other place I think he'd be interesting is the bills. I mean, they oh, are yeah. kind of in the same boat, right? They need that guy. Devin Singletary is a free agent. I think that if he if he goes there, he could kind of alleviate some of the Josh Allen rushing, you know, work um, and get in there and, and do that. So I think though I think those are the two uh, spots that I personally would like to see him. I like both of those, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah, I like both of those too. As much as I like Devin Singletary, do you think we've seen the last of Devin Singletary as a lead back, Jen, or do you think he lands a spot somewhere with a key role? I mean, I think it just depends on where, I mean, there's, there aren't a ton of, you know, lead back roles left. Well, actually, I mean, league is going away from that anyway. Uh, it's you true. Know, 
in general as a trend, but um, with what's available out there, I don't know if there's that many spots uh, for that. So, um, you know, those are the, really the two places that I've kind of mentioned. Uh, so I think Singletary, I guess it depends on where he ends up. I'm not sure what, you know, what, what, what kind of demand there is for him. He's been so kind of inconsistent. I mean, now granted a lot of it has been the bills and their offense. So, um, and what they run and what they do. And they have a quarterback that is basically a running back as well. So I don't know if that's hurt him as far as what, you know, what he's going to get out there, but I guess we'll, we shall see. I want to see him compliment James Conner in Arizona. That's what I want to see him do. That'd I feel like fun. that's a good spot. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good I spot. I feel like they do separate things, but they you don't have to change the offense for them, and they can kind of spell each other. I like that spot a you lot. Know, it's funny. You just did this, and I, I've nah. been told by my son that that's bad. You can't do both. It's only one. If You, do you can't two, do both. Well, what if, you if you're both, extra hopeful? It yeah. I don't know. According to my teenager, you if you do both, it's bad. Yeah. You can only do uh -oh. one. So I think you just really you might have how just bad? That's the jinx. question. Well, you like, just, you know. like am I just like a, a, a it won't dumb come dad? True, you know what I mean? It, oh, it won't come true. Yeah, okay. Like All right. Okay. True. Yeah, no, it's not sure like you it... did something vulgar or horrible. Yeah, that's no, what I was wondering. No. Like, was it vulgar? You, like, no, it just won't yeah. like it's not as effective if you do both. <laughs> Right. I, I, I like it. I like it. This it's like, I, I want to put like percentages that like, this is like 37% nice. effective, but this drops it to 16 right. or something. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll have to remember that. It's okay. Well, then, you, Brandon, if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, then Devin Singletary for the 37%, <laughs> you add the snap for the extra mm -hmm. 8%. That's how okay. it goes. 45% chance now. That's that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sick. Have I mentioned that? Did I mention I'm not doing well? <laughs> never know. Never yeah. know. Uh, Chris. Uh, so there's some other really good free agent running backs out there. Um, some of my favorite options, Alexander Madison is a mm -hmm. guy with, with the potential Rashad Penny. Samaji P Ryan has played well when he's yeah, spelled yeah. Joe Mixon. Uh, any of these guys have a favorite for you, a landing spot, somebody you're really eyeing and watching. Uh, I was just thinking about, uh, Samaji P Ryan. Uh, I mean, of course, I mean, as a, as a Bengals fan, of thinking, course. hopefully he, he winds, he winds up back in Cincinnati, but think about Samaji P Ryan with the chargers. I think that'd be a, a really solid fit. I mean, oh, given yeah. their inability to find or draft uh, a, a complimentary uh, running back to go alongside Austin Eckler. Now, I know just what was it? I think last week uh, the team has allowed Austin Eckler to pursue a trade uh, at, yeah. at this point because I know he's on the last year of, of his deal. But assuming they get Austin Eckler like back in the fold, uh, thinking about uh, having a guy like Samaji Piran back there, I mean, not just for the fact that he's – I mean, his skill sets are, I mean, it's multifaceted, right? He could be a, I mean, a solid pass blocker. Uh, we've seen that, that that's been the case for Joe Burrow. I mean, he's definitely been the one to kind of step up and being the better pass blocker uh, than Joe Mixon at times. And we know that the uh, the Chargers offensive line has been either injury riddled or the players that they have in there are, let's say, about the set on par with the Bengals offensive line. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, but also, I mean, as a rusher, in terms of yards after contact, like per attempt, uh, missed tackles force. Uh, I mean, uh, Samaji Piran has been able of grinding out like those short, uh, short yardage, like third downs and things of that nature. Uh, but also as a pass catcher, I mean, having a, a guy out there that could also essentially not change your play calling a ton, because you would almost assume that, let's say, when they switched out Austin Eckler for Sony Michelle or Larry Roundtree or Isaiah Spiller. We, I mean, most defenses would know that the ball's not going to go to them if it was going to wind up being a pass play. With Samaji Piran, you at least have to respect that would be a part of the play calling uh, that would be available to, well, not just Brandon Staley, but now also Kellen Moore, too. So I really like that fit. 
And I'm thinking just from a market standpoint, I wouldn't think that compared to some of the other names that we've already mentioned. So like the Miles Sanders of the world, uh, the Devin Singletary's of the world, I would assume those guys would command a bit more in terms of like from a contract standpoint. Uh, just looking at like just the general market value, just given their resume, draft capital, and yada yada. So, Samaji P. Ryan on like a one year, three, four ish million dollar deal to the Chargers, something along those lines, that seems feasible. And I think it kind of fits into the type of running back that they're looking for in order to complement Austin Eckler. I, I like that. I kind of like P. Ryan showing up there uh, there with the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm hoping they figure that out with Eckler, too. I, yeah, me too. I mean, well, unless, I mean, if Eckler comes to Cincinnati, as long as it's on a decent deal, that wouldn't be the worst <laughs> thing in the world. You know, I wouldn't be mad at that. Well, I think that's what it is. I think he wants to get paid, and, and the Chargers are kind of, kind of uh, you know, balking a little bit. But, uh, yeah. Jen, I want to talk about one of your favorite players, uh, Jamal Williams, who uh, had a great season last year, like burst out, decided – I think he's still scoring touchdowns right now as we talk. I think One-yarders, all one-yarders. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and then, so, like, shaking, like, and shaking his hips afterwards, too. It's so great. <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, his prospects? Do you think he lands another key role? Are you excited about him? You know, I honestly think that he's probably going to end up back in Detroit. I, I I feel that for some reason. But um, I kind of was thinking I would like to see him in, in Chris's Bengals. I mean, I think that would be kind of fun. Well, I mean, first of all, right, we've got some potential legal issues with Joe Mixon, right? I mean, oh, I don't always, know. Always, always something, yeah. Always something, but there's there's a new something, right? So um, that could be a thing. So I don't know. I just... I'm not sure what's going to happen with Jamal Williams, but part of me feels like he's just going to end up back in Detroit. I don't know why they would, you know, let him go after kind of what he did. Um, so I feel like they'll, they'll do whatever to make it happen. But uh, if not, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to end up, you know, he's not a lead back guy. Right. So I think there's plenty of spots that could use him, but I think since he would be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I don't that. Hate that. I like I that a lot. I, uh, the only other running back I wanted to bring up was Deontay Foreman. I just like, uh, I, I thought he and Chuba, Chuba Hubbard were a nice combo in Carolina mm-hmm. last year. So I'm hoping Carolina resigns Foreman. Uh, they're already in the process of shoring up their offensive line. Uh, they're going to obviously have a new quarterback, uh, behind center, uh, or at least I'm assuming it'll, uh, it would be hilarious if Carolina traded DJ Moore to get up to, to number one and took Willie Anderson, the pass rusher from Alabama or something, but I would die laughing. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's going to be Carolina offense going to be interesting to look at what they do. Of, of course, Frank Reich is there now, uh, but I really liked Deontay Foreman. I liked that fit. I liked what we saw from him in Tennessee two years ago, and then uh, I thought he played well last season. So that's a that's a name I'm watching to see where he lands if there's an opportunity in front of him. Speaking of the Panthers, Chris, uh, the Chicago Bears have a new wide receiver one. How do you feel about DJ Moore going to Chicago? I love it uh, for, for for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I think DJ Moore, uh, if you if you rack and stacked him along like the other, let's say, like alpha wide receivers in the league, I would say he'd probably rank in like the 12 to 16 ish like range. I mean, you know, past like, you know, Jamar Chase, like T Debo and like all the rest of those guys. But like, to say he's not he's not your prototypical wide receiver one. But if you are looking for a target earner, one that's capable of winning both inside and outside, I more fits like, pretty much like all of those categories. And so 
he instantly walks into like a ton of opportunity because looking at the other pass catchers on there from what freaking Dante Pettis, I mean, Darnell Mooney, obviously like a, like a good wide yeah, receiver, over a solid the Mooney, wide receiver. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Cole Komet, they I mean, he's like more or less a cult classic at this point. I mean, because everyone's waiting for him to essentially be that tight end. Everybody wanted him to be like coming out of college. Uh, but overall, I mean, it's a, it's a, pass catching group led by DJ Moore that essentially kind of it puts him in the same situation he was in Carolina right like you know decent pieces right when he was there I mean whether it was like Robbie Anderson of course like working alongside uh Christian McCaffrey is but when Curtis Samuel was there too so like alongside like good pieces but still able to essentially lead his uh lead his offense in terms of opportunity and whatnot uh, but also for uh so it's good for DJ Moore also good for Justin Fields we don't know if we, uh, if I, mean, I would say not all of us, but I'd say at the very least, the Bears front office doesn't have a clear understanding of what Justin Fields is as a thrower of the football. They know what he can do as a runner of the football. And so adding a guy like DJ Moore allows them to evaluate him as a passer, which is something that they needed to do since they drafted him, more or less. But now with this acquisition, I mean, and not the Chase Claypool acquisition, they now have a receiver that's put in front of them that's capable of winning inside and outside, like I just said, and allows them to actually call the plays that will stress Justin Fields like as a passer to see if he can actually ascend to like the NFL level and actually be that pocket passer that they need to be and not just the athlete uh, that he's shown to be over the past couple of seasons. So overall, I mean, I love it for Chicago. I mean, I hope it's I hope it works out for for both parties. I hope it works out for DJ Moore, and he can now work with a functional quarterback on a functional offense. And I hope it works out for Justin Fields because we saw last season there were just so many reasons why we can believe that the that the offense was just completely dysfunctional and why Fields was never able to succeed. But now that he has, let's say at the very least, a functional passing group like from uh, from Moore to Mooney to Claypool, to Komet, and then whomever they wind up keeping in the backfield, like whether they bring back David Montgomery, they bring back Khalil Herbert, or whomever, uh, overall, at least it provides enough around him to say that he should be able to show us a bit more or take the next step forward as a passer. So I, I really do like the trade for them. Nice. And talking about Chicago, Jen, I can't believe I just glossed over David Montgomery. I didn't talk about David Montgomery. Like, it's one of the key free agent running backs. Uh, the Bears obviously trying to surround Justin Fields with talent. DJ Moore, they also signed a little underrated sneaky signing. They signed guard Nate Davis today. Um, Davis is an upgrade on the offensive line for them, which they sorely needed. Um, Jen, it sounds like David Montgomery's not coming back. It wouldn't surprise me if there's no market for him and the Bears get him back cheaply. But uh, what does that do for Khalil Herbert for you? Do you think he becomes kind of similar to Kenny Gainwell, the guy, or do you think they just find another guy to pair him up with? Khalil Herbert is, is rough because he's somebody that we've been excited about and then been let down um, a couple times now. So it's tough for me to get riled up to uh, draft him again and get excited for him to be the guy and then have him not be the guy. Uh, David Montgomery is another guy that I can't get super excited about either. So um, to be honest, I forgot about him too um, until you just mentioned it. So um, I guess there that's where my thoughts are for that. <laughs> how forgettable he is for how many carries he's had in his young career is very surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's partially because of how bad the Bears have been. Herbert's been good when Montgomery's been hurt. But when Montgomery's not hurt, then uh, then he doesn't get the touches. So unfortunately, yeah. but uh, I'll be watching to see what they add, because if they don't add anybody, I'll be I'll I'll talk myself way too far 
into Khalil Herbert, uh, who's the guy I liked in college, honestly. So, uh, Jen, I want to stick with you because uh, you and I have always had an affinity for Robert Woods, and he's really the first free agent receiver to sign, which I enjoy. Like, he uh, he signs with the Houston Texans, comes over there, brings his blocking acumen over there. Uh, do you think there's anything left in the tank for Robert Woods? I think I might finally be out on Robert Wood. <laughs> I say that now and then talk to me in July when I have 15 shares on my, sure. on my best ball. But um, yeah, I think after last year, it's uh, yeah, I think I might have to be out. I mean, Houston's tough, right? It's a tough sell. I mean, it really is. Uh, you know, the, the quarterback situation is still TBD, right? We don't know exactly who they're going to get. We're pretty sure they're going to draft somebody in the top, but we don't know exactly which one yet. So um, you know, that it's, I mean, Brandon cooks, you know, allegedly will be gone. So he will be the guy, but he was supposed to be the guy in Tennessee and he wasn't the guy in Tennessee. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think as much as I love him and I, you know, he's been a target monster in, in, in the past. I just, I think this might be the year that I'm out. I, I, I think that's probably fair. He, he does seem like he did seem pretty done last year. I mean, yeah. he had, you know, and he had free reign. I mean, that, that Tennessee, there wasn't anybody else to catch the ball in Tennessee, uh, you know, except for the rookie tight end, but who ended up being, you know, the guy and he wasn't really supposed to be the guy. So good news for Damian Pierce though, because Robert Woods still one of the best blocking wide receivers in football. So, uh, I want to talk to you, Chris, about uh, Jacoby Myers. He's uh, a free agent receiver I'm interested in. Uh, obviously has been a quiet fantasy asset in New England. He hasn't been great, but he's been someone you can plug in a lineup. Uh, I think he wants to get paid. I think he wants to go find somewhere to go. Is there a, a fit you like for Jacoby Myers? Is there? Uh, do you have hope for him to take another step? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, from a yards per route run standpoint, like Jacoby Myers has been like one of the more like efficient receivers in the league. And yeah, I know that he winds up making most of his bones as an interior receiver. I think he played almost like two thirds of his uh, targets that like, came from the slot this past season and like the year prior as well. Uh, and, I, and I get that. Uh, but he can also still function as an outside receiver if he needs to. Uh, my my thought would be in terms of a place that he could go, uh, he could go and actually perform well. Uh, to be quite honest, if if he went to the Ravens, I wouldn't be mad about it. Oh, interesting. Uh, looking for at least another another like intermediate target, like for let's assume Lamar Jackson stays, but even if they don't, uh, trying to find let's say like, like legitimate like wide receivers that have been a part of that offense it's just been something that the ravens haven't done which has been one of the key arguments for why lamar jackson has struggled as a pocket passer over the last couple of seasons and so i know that uh you know after they shipped off marquise brown like to to arizona because he what you know they weren't jiving uh with greg roman's system bringing in a guy like jacoby myers and while i know that todd munkin has been more of like the downfield uh, you know, aerial like type of attack, but even if they can have something that's just more efficient, like being able to utilize more of the like short and intermediate areas of the field and not just requiring, you know, Mark Andrews to be that guy. I mean, Jacoby could really kind of come in and be that player that could win, not just on the inside, but also on the outside, which would serve as a good complement to Rashad Bateman, assuming he can stay healthy because that was also Bateman's calling card. I mean, he could function as um as a split uh, split out wide but he can also like uh, perform the flanker roles as well and like move inside so both of those guys playing together i think they could play off of one another and whomever winds up being the quarterback uh would be able to benefit from both their skill sets being side by side 
I like that. That's kind of an interesting spot, interesting landing spot. That Ravens offense is going to be interesting to watch as the offseason progresses to see who they add and uh, what they look like in the preseason with Munkin there in charge. Uh, Jen, I want to talk to you about another another older player, uh, another player that, uh, you know, might find himself on a new team here. Adam Thielen's been let go by the Vikings. Uh, where would you like to see Thielen land? Is he somebody that uh, you think has some more fantasy value ahead of him? I do. I, I I'm kind of weirdly into Adam Thielen. Um, I feel like uh, a really good spot for him would be the bills. I feel like, Oh yeah. Put him back with digs, you know, let's get it rolling again. They need another guy in there, right? They need that wide receiver too. Uh, you know, he's a good veteran guy that is there. I think he still has some stuff in the tank. He's super cheap right now. I mean, he's going as wide receiver 76 an underdog with an ADP of 171. So um, you know, throw him up there with Josh Allen and, and, and reunite him with Diggs. Um, and I, I like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I'm ready to draft him early, but I oh, think, sure. I think he's, you know, if he ends up in a spot like that, uh, I think he can, he has at least one more season, even if he falls in for, you know, six, seven touchdowns that works too. Yeah. I mean, wide receiver three is a value. Like if he's yeah. a wide receiver three, that's a valuable yeah. uh, option out there. So, uh, I I'm with you and I'm rooting for him too. Just seems like a likable, uh, likable yeah. dude. I'd love to see him up there with Diggs, another player who I love. So uh, lots of other kind of wide receiver two, like maybe potential guys out there. You know, Alan Lazard's out there, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark, Darius Slayton, Mac Hollins, McCole Hardman. Uh, Chris, any of those guys stand out to you with a, a landing spot that makes you feel warm and fuzzy? Uh, DJ Chark uh, to DJ Chark or uh, Nicole Hardman to the Chargers, I think would be uh, really oh. solid. Mm -hmm. uh, just thinking about like any of their downfield, their downfield passing attack. I mean, outside of Mike Williams, who was hurt for however many games, like last season was like four or five games or something like that, at least three Sounds or four, right. or something along those lines. But think about the other wide receivers uh, with the Chargers that were given meaningful targets like last season. Who is it? Uh, DeAndre Carter, Jalen Guyton, uh, Michael Bandy. Uh, who else? I mean, Josh Palmer was still catching it. He still caught a few yep. like downfield. And he was okay, like as a, as an outside receiver, but primarily like primarily as a I wouldn't say Keenan Allen clone, but just operates better in the slot. But yeah, in order, Carter for was kind of that guy. Yeah, and so in order for them to really be this downfield passing attack, which they really need to be. I mean, I mean, we've talked. I don't know how many times we talked about. Justin Herbert and the fact that the dude has just a cannon attached to his right shoulder. But if you don't have enough weapons downfield, like good weapons, like good, efficient pass catchers downfield outside of Mike Williams, who will be 29 this year, if I'm remembering correctly. Wow. So, that was fast. <laughs> so it's a, you're going to need younger talent or you're going to need just more effective talent downfield in order to really continue to like help Justin Herbert progress as a passer. So if, Gerald Everett, I think he, he's going to still wind up still being with the team. We already talked about Austin Eckler potentially leaving the team. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. So trying to have at least a not necessarily they don't have to draft like the next, uh, you know, their answer. I mean, that that could be a potential a solution. But signing free agents like uh, like McCall Harbin, like DJ Chark, some of those guys that can play on the outside but can also win in those contested catch or even just intermediate areas of the field. I think would be the best bet for them. So I do like G DJ Chark to get to the Chargers. I think that'd be a really good, really good spot for him. 
I love that fit. I love that fit. Jen, is there one of these receivers that you like that you're interested in, or should I move on to tight ends? Um, let me see. I let me see. I can't remember who you who you mentioned. Um, so, nah, Juju Lazard. No, no. I mean, we didn't mention OBJ. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> Do you want to talk oh, about, yeah. OBJ? Talking about yeah. him? Yeah. I know there's been kind of chat about him to the Cowboys. I mean, they definitely need another guy in there. So I don't know if he's the guy or one of these other guys is the guy. But uh, I would assume the Cowboys are going to go after somebody because can they pay for them? Like how much yes, money? Did yeah, that... I don't know where they are in the cap, but uh, I think they're going to restructure or cut Zeke. They'll do something and they'll get some money that way. Yeah, I mean, listen, Ob I mean, Odell Beckham is, you know, he had a full season to recover after his uh, after his injury during the Super Bowl. So um, I don't know how much he has left on the on the tires there, but I feel like what is he 31 32 i don't even know is he much older i can't even i don't know anybody's age anymore so Everyone's younger than me, so yeah he was a rookie in 2014 <laughs> so uh you know nine years or so he's probably he's probably 30 ish okay so yeah i mean he should still you know um if his knee is fine then i think that uh he he's an interesting uh you know spot to land somewhere that's about it though out of those guys you name none of the none of the rest of them are sexy enough Okay, well then tell me, uh, let's stick with Dallas, Jen. Tell me about Dalton Schultz, because he's probably the marquee free agent tight end name. Sounds like Dallas probably isn't going to bring him back. Is there a spot you'd like to see him land? I would like to see Schultz uh, in Detroit. They, you know, oh, traded, yeah. traded TJ Hawkinson. Um, and they still had production out of that position. Uh, Brock Wright and Shane Zilstra combined for nine touchdowns last season. That's right. You know, they, they still have, you know, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's room for a, a guy in there that, and I feel like Schultz would be great, you know, just slide right in there and do his thing. So um, that's the, you know, the main place I'd like to see him. Once again, I know we mentioned Houston and how gross it is, but it would be nice for them to actually have and focus, you know, on the tight end. They haven't had a tight end. And I mean, I actually looked it up for another article I was writing at least a decade since they've had like a name there that has done anything for fantasy wise. That you long know? had to be <laughs> Owen Daniels, right? Had to be, yeah. Yeah. Had to be the last it's like, yeah, there's like Ryan Griffin. I mean, there's all these names Ryan and none Griffin. of them have done anything yeah. in years and years and years. I mean, our, I was looking at our, our data only goes up to 2013, but wow, that is 10 years. Okay. So um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been any, any, like, I don't even think, I don't even think they've cracked like tight end two you know, numbers uh, in 10 years. So, you know, they've got, once again, a new era in Houston has begun. Uh, so maybe they will actually focus on the tight end position and it would be, you know, interesting. I mean, there's, like we said earlier, there's plenty of targets up for grabs there. Cause I don't know what, we don't really know what's going on there. So. Owen Daniels. Yeah. That was the yeah. one that was on that came to mind almost immediately. And he wasn't even that, like, I don't know what his, you know, what his best finish was, but you know, maybe he was a game or two. Yeah. He was probably always a tight end one, but not like a high end tight end one. Yeah. Like you know? tight end 10 or something. Yeah. yeah. He was probably always in that and range. And that was yeah. probably 10 years ago. So yeah, they mm -hmm. just, it's been just like a wasteland of, of just, well, maybe this is the year, you know, they, they keep like, they would get a rookie in there and we'd all be excited and then nothing would happen. Yeah. <laughs> they had like Darren Fells for a while. And mm -hmm. then they had, uh, I forgot 
I keep Ted? hoping for Brevin Jordan. He was hurt yes, last that's year. The name. Yeah. 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 There, yeah. But they're just they just don't get the targets. Like they just yeah. all they just all are blocking tight ends there. At least that's what the scheme has been. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, maybe. we'll see with Tobiko Ryan's there. He um maybe yeah. maybe it'll maybe it won't become won't be such maybe a Maybe they'll waste bring land. in Schultz and turn it all around. Maybe. Yeah. Uh Chris, uh Johnny Smith was traded to the Falcons today. Uh, I think it's important to note that because uh Kyle Pitts is basically a receiver and uh Johnny Smith has had success in that offense before. So uh, do you think he can kind of revive his career and get back into that at least streamable territory uh, now that he's in Atlanta? 100%. I would being reunited with Arthur Smith. I'm pretty sure they've met each other before at some point, or, you know, so they have some familiarity. So the coach has familiarity with the player's skill set. The player has familiarity with what the coach does from a schematic standpoint. We already saw the Falcons utilizing a bunch of like two tight end sets like last season. So like while it hasn't been as fruitful from a fantasy perspective, it's not like we were rushing out to draft any of the of the Falcons tight ends. I mean, outside of I mean, Kyle Pitts, which turned out to be just a complete disaster. But overall, I actually I agree with you. I think that does help like Kyle Pitts because looking at how he was being deployed on the field as more of a more of a deep threat in order to pull safeties away and allow coverage in, or, uh, in order for guys like you know Drake London in order to get uh, open underneath. It could work in reverse because now if you have another credible threat in Johnny Smith in the intermediate parts of the field, that might dictate coverage to actually move forward and, and make a guy like Kyle Pitts seem like the more appealing target downfield and create explosive downfield, which is something that they weren't able to do last year with Marcus Mariota. So hopefully Ritter can take the next step or if they wind up trading for Lamar Jackson, maybe we'll see that happen, which would be just <laughs> awesome. But I want all, Ritter. I want Ritter. Don't I put anybody Ritter. else hey, in Atlanta. <laughs> hey, he's he, he was a former Bearcat, just like myself. So it's just like, hey, I'm more than happy to see. Uh, I want to see him succeed. Absolutely. Uh, and with the with the amount of money that the Falcons have thrown around in free agency, like uh, earlier today, uh, since they what they signed Jesse they, Bates. They signed correct? Jesse Bates, man. Yeah, they got your which, guy. Which kind of hurt, uh, but still overall looking at the uh, way that Johnny Smith could be used within that offense. I think it's useful for him and it's also useful for the rest of the pass catchers in the offense too. I, I, I like it. I'm uh, I'm interested in Johnny Smith over there. Uh, I have one more question and then we'll, we'll let everyone go. Uh, my favorite candidate for the guy who signs with the jets that I get too excited about and makes me extremely disappointed. Uh, and a guy who I have to ask Jen, is there anywhere Mike Gusecki can go where he'll become Jen approved? <laughs> Probably no, not. no, no, he nowhere, remains, nowhere remains on the not, not approved forever and ever. That's just part of the deal. Uh, no, I don't so, know. I mean, maybe you would know? you approve him just for me if he went to the Bengals? Yes, uh, yes, because I, yeah, because I, I definitely approve Bengal tight end. I've always, I've, I've ridden with CJ Uzoma, I've ridden with Hayden Hurst. Like, I'll, I'll ride with right. Bengal tight end. Yeah, so Mike Kosicki's only hope. Is he if will he be approved if he is a Bengal. Yes, there we like go. There's limited spots, you know. I just think, you know, the Dolphins. It just wasn't. It wasn't a good fit for him, at least the last, you know, the last season or two. So, uh, yeah, maybe I may switch uh, the approval. I'll, it's not a full, full. It's not a lifetime ban. Not a All lifetime right. ban. I love no. it. I love it. Uh, well, Chris, Jen, thank you so much. Uh, this has been fun talking about these guys. I can't wait uh, to refresh Twitter 500,000 times tomorrow and continue to look into all this stuff. Hopefully the Aaron Rodgers stuff ends soon, oh, no matter how it ends. Hopefully it ends soon because I'm tired of it as well. Uh, 
always a pleasure once again. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL, at Chris Allen FFWX, and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out and have a good day. <laughs>